Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name's Ren, and my best friend Drac is a vampire. Oh, but before you freak out, let me explain. Drac isn't like other vampires. He doesn't thirst for blood. He thirsts for knowledge. Each week, we hop into the coffin of curiosity for a spectacular adventure to learn about everything and anything, from how the sun works to why we burp. We have lots of fun, so join us. I promise that the only thing Drac will drink up is information, okay? Worst case scenario, he squirts you with some sunscreen. Search for Drac on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts for the ride of your life. Hello again, Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host with the most, and keeper of the strangest, spookiest tales on Earth. Today is another Ivy's chilling tale. This eight-legged tale, Story Club members, might make your flesh crawl on another level. It's one I call Tangled Webs. Brenda Spinner couldn't remember what life was without the webs. They now covered all the windows and gauzy strands, which made it seem like the house was perpetually in a fog bank, since you couldn't make out any details except the light of day or the absence of it. Brenda didn't often see the makers of the silky latticework, but she knew they were there, hiding, waiting for someone to fly into one of the many webs. Then, whichever hairy occupant was closest would scramble down, take the prey in its forelegs, bundle it up in a silky package, and take it back to its hidden lair to feed at leisure. Brenda's dad came up from the cellar, wiping his hands. He said that the emergency generator they had for power outages was running as smooth as a Swiss clock, and that they had enough fuel for a week if they only ran the power for a few hours a day, mostly at night when they needed the light. Except the light at night was what seemed to attract these spiders. Once, Brenda was sitting by the window playing a board game with her parents. When they finished, she peeled back the curtain just to see if the invading arachnids had finally packed up their oppressive webs and moved on. Instead, the light from within reflected on the outside eyes. Thousands of green eyes like tiny orbs stared back at her, mesmerized by the artificial illumination. Brenda shuddered, holding back a scream, and dropped the curtain, slowly backing away from the window. Her parents believed that the state police or the National Guard would clean up this horrible mess. When her family did run the power, they picked up a few radio signals, but phones and televisions weren't working at all. From what they could make out, it seemed that Arachnageddon, as the radio hosts were calling it, originated in their cozy town of Webster Falls. A local farmer, Clancy Stapleton, who suffered from venomous bites and ultimately died from the eight-legged aggressors, reported that the spiders had scurried out of a culvert on his property, a dry ditch that was once used for irrigation, like a hairy, writhing carpet. The bean farmer believed that there was a crack in the earth and these spiders from Hades, as he described them on his deathbed, had crawled through from the underworld and were seeking any prey they could find. Brenda believed that help would come. She had faith in it. As soon as word got out that Webster Falls was in the middle of a spider pandemic, surely help would arrive. Hope was all she could hold on to during these long, web-obscured days. The power suddenly went out, and a chill ran through Brenda. She and her family were cloaked in the darkness of night. Her father said not to be alarmed. It was most likely that the generator had just run out of gas. 
He thought it was strange, though, as he'd checked the generator this morning and it had been full. Maybe the machine was using more fuel than he'd anticipated. They'd have to cut their power usage further to save it. Brenda's dad wanted her to come down to the cellar this time so she could hold the flashlight. She never did like going down there, even in the light of day. It was damp and reeked like mildew in the shadowy things of nightmares. As they climbed down the creaking wooden stairs, Brenda snapped on the light. Her dad told her to shine it over in the corner where the generator was, but Brenda couldn't find it. Instead, a hairy carpet writhed over the dead machine. A nest of spiders, thousands of them, had somehow found their way inside the cellar. Then she saw it, a broken window. They had actually forced their way in through a once-cracked pane of glass. A green-eyed spider as black as pitch and the size of her father's hand dropped down on a strand of web by her face, opening its glistening fanged mouth and hissed. Yeah, hissed. A spider from Hades. Her father said to run, and Brenda did just that. They shut the cellar door and thumped up the stairs, but the door didn't hold. The smaller spiders crawled under the door's crack, worked their way up to the latch, and opened it. They worked together like soldier ants, letting in the larger spiders. The multi-legged creatures scurried up the stairs, their feet padding on the wood. Now, she and her family had a choice, a dire one. Fight the swarm of spiders within the walls of the house, or open the front door and face the legions outside. Brenda grabbed the closest weapon she could, a lamp, and prepared to face the arachnageddon that was now up close and personal. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. That's from Sir Walter Scott, beloved listeners. And I don't know about you, but that story sure gave me the heebie-jeebies. The thing is, though, is that I actually like spiders, when there aren't loads of them, that is. And I love jumping spiders. They're so cute and cozy, and they actually make great pets. But I absolutely would not want to invite thousands of them into my house. It'd be a little much. Just a bit overkill, don't you think? (laughs) But you know what totally is not overkill, though? strutting your personal style. So hit up gokidgo.com and pick up some epic Story Club merch that reflects your personality. You can find Story Club hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and more at gokidgo.com. Together, we'll share our Story Club pride with the world. And of course, I'll meet you back here tomorrow decked out in my spooky style for another episode, because every Story Club member needs a little scare every day. Ivy out! Go, kid, go. Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you. And the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.